Welcome to Battered Aggie Syndrome podcast episode number three. Uh, we're coming to you with uh, nice fall weather. It's pretty cold and rainy today. Um, since this is a uh, podcast, not a YouTube channel, you'll have to tell everybody what I'm wearing right now, Brian. Yeah, so Lee is wearing a um, old man sweater. I don't know if I'd call it Mr. Rogers, but it's very similar to Mr. Rogers. It's just a little bit more uh, modern than Mr. Rogers. More high, is, more high class. I don't know about high class, but it's more modern. And, uh, I but do, it's definitely an old man sweater. I do call it my Mr. Rogers sweater, but Mr. Rogers sweaters were zip-ups. Not sure if you remember that, but they were zip-ups. I don't remember that. I think the first episode he had one with buttons. It just has those big old man buttons. Look like I should be smoking a pipe or something. And, uh, in the 1950s. But, um, yeah, when he had the buttons on there, he could not <laughs> get one of them off or he buttoned it back up, womper jawed or something like that. And so, I guess the producers are like, no more. And idiot proof it's in a zipper. Yeah, I got a zipper. So to be fully transparent, I have, it's always cold in the office at work. I do have a zip up old man sweater that I will really? wear. Really? You've got, you've got your own little Mr. Rogers? Uh-huh, what I color know. is it? Uh, it's similar to your color here. It's like a, a black gray, you know, mix. Yeah. Color. So it's not like army green or something. No, it's not. It's not fuchsia. It's fleece lined. Fleece lined. Very warm, very comfortable, uh, very practical. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, like I said last podcast, older you get, older you seem to get in your old age. And it's not just me. Basically, everybody in the office is cold. We all have blankets. Blankets and space heaters. You know you're it's an a, old a, man. It's when. a meat locker, basically. Yeah. Well, um. It's similar to your apartment in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, uh, our house to this day, we sleep with the temperature on 66 degrees Fahrenheit at nighttime. In summer. You're not talking about no, during winter where you're you a heater, heater on. Yeah, we'll, we'll crank the heater down to where it gets down to 66. So all year at 66 at night. Yeah. Yeah. And our, um, our pediatrician told us, um, with our first child that, uh, you can lower the risk of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, if you keep your house between 65 and 69 degrees at night while they're sleeping. So why didn't you go down to 65? I well, I, I didn't want to be ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't want to be ridiculous, and I thought, done. You don't need to tell me twice. So, There's, so we 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 would have like eighteen blankets on the bed if, if we were sleeping. Yeah, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, and um, terrible thing is, is I'm a night person, so my body temperature I'm still pretty warm in the evening, but in the morning, I mean, I cannot. Get out from under the covers. And my wife, she wakes up and she's ready to go. Of course, she's freezing cold at night. So we've got space heaters on us at different times of the day and night. Mm. But um, nonetheless, so today, uh, well, I guess we don't have a game to recap because we were we had a bye week this past week. Mm-hmm. But um, we do have some interesting news. A couple of interesting stories. We'll get into the the first one, which is the new college football playoff rankings. And um, let me just go through the 
take out of just list one through fifteen. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so number one, they've got Georgia. Number two is Alabama. Number three is Michigan State. Number four is Oregon. Number five is Ohio State. Who, I guess they said Oregon is better than Ohio State because they actually beat them. Number six is Cincinnati, who hasn't lost right now. Um, seven is Michigan. Eight is OU, who's nine and zero, who hasn't lost. Nine is Wake Forest, who's eight and zero. Number ten is Notre Dame, who's seven and one. Oklahoma State's number eleven, who's seven and one. Baylor is number twelve, who's also seven and one. And then a couple of SEC schools. Auburn is ranked thirteen, six and two. A and M is ranked fourteen at six and two, and then BYU is ranked number fifteen. And then I guess we could go up to eighteen just to incorporate some of the other SEC schools. So you've got Ole Miss, who uh, at six and two, they're ranked number sixteen. Of course, they just got beat by Auburn this past weekend. And you've got Mississippi State, who's five and three, and they're ranked seventeen. They just beat Kentucky this past weekend. And Kentucky, who is six and two, and they're ranked number eighteen. So, um, do you think that the committee are uh, smart? Get at what they do? Bad? So, so I, let's just talk A and M and where they're at. Okay. I don't. I don't really have an issue with uh, where they put them at fourteen. Uh, it seems to be pretty much in line. I think with the, where the coaches in the AP uh, are. So, I think it makes sense. Kind of not like, top ten. Yeah, I would prefer for them to rank us. Lower, I mean, yeah. higher number. I, I don't want to be ranked too high too soon because then we get a big head, start reading our press clippings. I'm actually glad that they ranked Auburn just ahead of us. Um, I think hopefully the A&M players will look at that as a slight and uh, want to do something about it. I mean, you should want to win for a whole lot of other reasons, but be a little bit more bulletin board material. Yeah, I, uh, and I mean, Auburn, they're. Six and two, just like we are, and they've beat who? LSU, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. Yeah, and we've beat. I mean, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, which I mean, you know how the committee feels about Alabama because they're ranked number two, and they've got one loss. Yeah. So you can't, you know, doesn't cut uh, the same way. Yeah, but I think if, if, you know, if, if we, you know, take care of business and beat Auburn and then have to play Ole Miss, um, I think that'll do, you know, good things for, for the perception. And then obviously you still have LSU, which I know they're not ranked, but that's still a, a tough game. Um, yeah, I mean, the, they like to say the soil is very fertile there. Got a bunch of future NFL football league players over there. Um, so do you have any problems with Alabama being ranked number two? I'm, I guess we skipped over Georgia. I think them being number one. Is yeah, I don't have a problem with Georgia. I think they, they have a very good, uh, record. They've shown everything they need to. Um, Cincinnati being number six. I actually like that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really mind it. Um, cause again, you know, Cincinnati's, you know, big win has been, um, Notre Dame. So they did have a quality victory against Notre Dame. A lot of people are saying, you know, they they played two Power Five 
games, with the other one being against um, Indiana. Indiana, yeah, that sounds right. But they're playing Tulsa this weekend. Game day. Game day's going to be there. At Cincinnati and Tulsa? Cincinnati and Tulsa, yeah. That made it? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. But, you know, Indiana is what? They, they've won two games against non-Power 5, and they, they weren't. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think that counts as a quality, you know, big uh, win. Power 5 win. So they basically have Notre Dame. And, you know, that is a quality win, but they've also had some pretty lackluster performances against their other opponents, and apparently they're being held back by that, similar to what Oklahoma is being held back from. Oklahoma doesn't have any. Yeah, man, they are the worst-looking 9-0 and team I have seen in my life. They beat Tulane by five. They beat Kansas, I guess, by what, two touchdowns? <clears throat> but that was a struggle. Yeah, every game has basically been a struggle. I'm not sure. Well, I guess Texas Tech was last weekend. They didn't really. It wasn't close for for long. Um, yeah, and uh, let's see. They've barely beat Kansas. They barely beat West Virginia. Texas doesn't look like a good win now. No. Um, they're just not good. Their defense isn't good. They've obviously got a couple of five-star quarterbacks, but yeah. And I thought when they switch quarterbacks, they 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 may have fixed their their issues, but clearly that hasn't been the case because they've had to you know squeak out some wins. So, but what I think is interesting, I think a lot of people are saying that um, you know every, the committee is um, sliding the the uh, group of five schools and Cincinnati being you know number six. But if you look at it, there's uh, um, they, they've basically chided, chided the uh, Big 12 and the ACC. Um, Which the ACC, I mean, that is, that's pretty much garbage this year around. It is, but, you know, usually, you know, people are saying that they give too much credit to those Power, power 5 conferences. But if you look at it, they're not really. I mean, because Wake Forest is uh, 8-0, but they're number 9. Oklahoma is 9-0, and they're number 8. So they do have... I think you've got to have that blue blood name notoriety. You've got to be like a Clemson or an OU. But I mean, if West Virginia had done what OU's done this year, they they, they ain't going to be ranked number eight. Yeah. If West Virginia is nine and zero and they've just barely beat people, I, that that is true. Um, I also think that you know a lot of people read way too much in this. This is the first one, and this one really doesn't matter. And the, the yeah. only one that matters is at the end of the season, and um, a lot of the stuff's going to sort itself out. I can't imagine that. Um, it's like my pops always told me: it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Yeah, and and I, you know, Alabama and Georgia are going to have to play if they both went out. Yeah. So yeah, they both can't stay number one, number two after after that game. Yeah, Michigan State's going to have to play. Um, let's see who they got to play. Have. Ohio, Ohio State. State, I think Penn State too. Yeah, which where's Penn State? They're not even on the list because they've. I guess they have three losses now. Yeah, now they lost to uh, Ohio State this past weekend, <clears throat> and um, yeah, Ohio State. I mean, they they look pretty good. They always do. And then you know Oklahoma, they're still going to have to play. Oklahoma State and Baylor plus Iowa State this weekend. Iowa State, which can be good, cannot be good. Um, and then they have to play the Big Twelve champion, uh, yeah. which 
Yeah, we just have to see how things go, but it could be a rematch of the Oklahoma State thing, which is going to be weird with Big 12's format that they could oh, play two straight weekends. Uh, Bedlam and then the Big 12 championship. Yeah. That, uh, that is some amateur hour if I've ever seen it. Um, so, yeah, I think all, you know some of the stuff is going to take care of itself as we go through the season. Oregon. Yeah. Which I think that the committee probably realizes that. So... Probably for some of these, they just threw something up on a dartboard and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's put them there." They they can't stay there because they got to play these other teams. Yeah, we're probably saying the uh, good press is or any press is good press. People are talking about it. We're here talking about it. Basically, all the uh, sports shows are talking about it tonight. So yeah, they accomplished what they needed to, which is people talking about the college football playoff. Yeah. On a night when the World Series Game 6 is happening, that's true. There is a lot of attention on college football playoff yeah. rankings. Two months away from the actual game. Yeah, that's true. So talking about it being fall, fall weather, cold and rainy today. Wearing my, um, wearing my uh, Mister Rogers sweater. Um, are you a big Halloween fan? Uh, I, I like the candy. You like uh, the can- You like to eat the candy. But I don't like the dressing up and the the pumpkins and the, all that. Did I you take the kids fan. trick or treating uh, a couple days ago? We did. Take the kids trick-or-treating, yes. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween. And I think it goes back to <clears throat> when I was two or three, my parents have a home movie. of uh, My mom had made me this clown costume, and she was just insistent that I was going to wear it. Uh, I was insistent that I was not, so I'm crying and screaming and throwing myself on the floor. And they're uh, dragging me out of the house to go trick-or-treating. And uh, I think that was just the beginning of the end for me with uh, Halloween. With Halloween. <laughs> so I've, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but um, I know a lot of people are um, talking about. I will say when it comes to the fall, I do like the cooler weather. I like the pumpkin spice stuff, pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. Do you, you drink those? I don't. I don't like pumpkin spice anything. Have you ever even stepped into a Starbucks besides to go to the bathroom? Yes, I stepped into a Starbucks. Have you had anything to drink there besides your bottled water? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I've had a, a hot chocolate there. You had a hot chocolate? What are you, 12? <laughs> Some of us don't need need the caffeine, please. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like, I like all that sort of stuff. You know, I get excited about pumpkin pie, too. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie either. I will go to Costco and get me one of those big pumpkin pies. Have you seen those? Like the the big like fifteen inch. Yeah, they're 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 probably fifteen eighteen inches across, and <laughs> like I will a, get that. It's like a pizza size pie. Yes, yeah. You got to find a special shelf in your refrigerator to hold that. And um, but for you, it never gets to that stage. You just eat enough. Well, to... well, what I do is I I cut it up, <laughs> cut it all up, and. Um, Get me some Cool Whip. Got to have some Cool Whip. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it. September, October, November, I'm having that stuff for breakfast. Now, is there, is, I feel like I've seen a, like a pumpkin something blast from Dairy Queen. And I know you're a big Dairy Queen fan. Is that, yeah, is that on the list? I don't think I have had that because, you know, I'm big on the Butterfinger Blizzard from Dairy Queen. So yes, double Butterfinger. Yeah, double. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the double Butterfinger. <laughs> and don't cheat me the Butterfinger because I can tell. And I will come back, I will get out of the drive through line, pull a U-turn, go walk into your establishment, tell you I need more Butterfinger. 
but yeah, I um, I guess whenever I go in there, I'm just dead set on the butterfingers. On the butterfingers, you don't you don't investigate other things like the pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Which I guess now that I'm getting older and I'm more sophisticated, I don't typically eat blizzards year round. Mm. It's more of a uh, spring summertime type deal. Oh, okay. So we have seasons now. Older, not necessarily wiser, somewhat sophisticated with my Mr. Rogers sweater. I thought you were going to say in general you, you'd cut back on the the, uh, the the blizzards, but no, you're just saying fall and winter, yes. you don't use them. Yeah. It's a save for spring and summertime. Exactly. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to love those blizzards. You got to love the blizzards. And um, I guess we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, the big story today, which one of our best friends, um, Keith, he has been known to be quite prolific with his uh, Photoshop abilities, and um, he routinely uh, takes one of our other good buddies and shows him in not the greatest light, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, that text message to our uh, group of friends this morning at, was at 7 a.m. that he sent that? It was early, that's for sure. I thought, oh, Keith, he's done it again with this story. And um, he specifically requested you to opine on the whole um, monkey uh, <laughs> Halloween haunted house biting a child. Uh, Jeff Banks, who was the former um, special teams coach from A&M, who's now at UT, which, okay, so let's back up. Let's get the timeline here. So Jeff Banks is at A&M. He's married to his wife, right? Wife and kids. And then he goes to Alabama. Did he meet his now girlfriend, partner, whatever they call it, um, who her Instagram name is uh, Pole Assassin? And again, I think that it's not just her Instagram name. That is her stage name. Stage. You which, can only imagine with Pole Assassin being your, your stage name, what, what kind yeah. of profession you were in. Yeah, I... I don't know if we can call it a profession, but uh, no. I mean, I, I guess you could call it profession. But um, so he goes to Alabama, and then he heads to Austin to UT with his uh, drinking buddy Sark, and um, so he's been there. Which I guess he and his girlfriend live together. They decided, you know, it's Halloween. Let's have a good time, do a haunted house for the kids, you know, for the kids, and then we'll have a an adult party for the adults. And um, and and at some point in this whole ordeal, which do you think she still performs, or do you think she's retired from that life? Well, it could, from what I understand, this this monkey in question is part of her act. Act, which her, so she still has the monkey, makes me think she is still. So it couldn't be that far removed. Yes. Yeah. So she's got the monkey. Which, when I was hearing people talk about that today, I thought, okay, is it a monkey? You know, I'm thinking about, like, Ross on Friends with a little capuchin monkey. Or is this, like, a legit chimpanzee? Because, I mean, those things, they're scary. Those are scary. Those are probably illegal to have, the chimpanzees. Yeah, I imagine that unless you're, like, a zoo or a, yeah. a rescue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can have a chimpanzee. The yeah. Capuchin monkeys, yeah. I think those are... So, a kid <clears throat> is at the haunted house and gets bit by the monkey. And 
I just want to look up. Um, I think that the uh, the young lady, <coughs> we will call her. <laughs> okay. Old Polly. I'm gonna call her <laughs> the pole assassin. The pole assassin. She goes by. So the uh, the young lady. She um she had some choice words, which I wanted to have you read this, just because you were uh, really impressed with her grammar. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a, a Twitter post or Twitter or whatever it is. Yes, I, I believe it is a tweet. I don't tweet on the Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Um, I think I have it for news purposes, but <clears throat> that's when you're in your news, you're in trouble. Yeah, I don't routinely look at it. Um, I live under a rock most days, but it's a good thing we have good friends to keep us in the know. Yes. So anyway, okay, here is. Um, the uh, young lady who's a performer, here is her comment in this uh, tweet uh, post. Yes, bear with me here. Um, these are not my words. Um, this is this uh, pole assassin. And and you need to make comments about um, punctuation, the use of capital letters or not. Okay. And uh, try to read it in the spirit that you think that she typed it out in. All right. So we'll start. And I... I had a haunted house on one side gated off, and then we've got a, da- a slash, a backslash. Backslash. We, so I guess we start a new sentence here. We are still in the lowercase. He had no permission to go past the gate. I had no idea he went in my backyard. And then we have a punctuation here. we got a period, start of a new sentence. Again, we're still in the lowercase. Neither did I know anything about a bite. Space, then exclamation point. <sighs> An exclamation point. Um, it's it's not right up against the uh, no, the word not a, No, there's a space, then exclamation, then another space, and here I think because autocorrect, they knew she was starting a new sentence. We've the, got a capital. That might have been like a um, a pseudo exclamation mark. If you don't do one right after the word, maybe that's to give emphasis to the exclamation mark that's coming. Maybe. Think, I, am I, I giving I, her too much credit? I here? think you've given her way too much credit, and that she thought about this. Until a doctor of neighborhood told me. So, so wait, he he's just the uh, official neighborhood doctor. I, I'm, he's that. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yes, it is. Like, it is. It is a doctor of the neighborhood. So it, that hey, doctor you lives work? in the neighborhood. Baylor probably. Scott and White CVS Minute Clinic. No, no, I uh, out here Pole Assassins Neighborhood Doctor. Yeah, in Austin or Pflugerville or whatever mm-hmm. it is. All right, so let's start that sentence over. Until a doctor of neighborhood told me that not the of treat, the, but of neighborhood of neighborhood told me the treat a small bite. The treat small bite. A small bite. The treat a small bite. So I think what she's trying to say is he had to treat a small bite. He he didn't tell her to treat a small bite. Told me the treat a small bite. So she didn't know the kid had been bitten. But obviously, the the neighborhood doctor had been um, contacted, and then he told her how to treat the bite, the bite from the monkey. Maybe I took it as to the child. That he treated a bite, and the doctor was informing her that he had to treat a bite, because then she her her last sentence here is no parent have contacted me about it. Space and then exclamation point. So. She's consistent with the space and then exclamation point. And the lack of a shift uppercase. I, yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm a grammar snob, but that drives me crazy. Yeah. So uh, 
I, I know but, Keith wants us to opine on this a little more. And I guess what's <clears throat> alarming to me, if you have pole assassin living in your neighborhood, I think everybody in the neighborhood is aware you, of where she lives. You know her. You know her. Everybody in the neighborhood knows her. So she sends out this invitation to this haunted house at her at her house, and you can you have to imagine what the invitation looked like. It, it looked very similar to what we just read. Uh, grammar wise, grammar wise, who in their right mind says, "You know what? Yeah, let me let me bring my kids over to that situation." And yeah, let me go have this. This will be positive. Adult beverage with uh, Coach Banks and his and the pole assassin, his GF. And uh, I'll just let the kids run around in the haunted house by themselves. Yeah. So, and, and then with the monkey, they just let the monkey roam around. So, if you read other stories, apparently the monkey is in a cage. Um, but then they just let him roam around the haunted house. Well, no. And and according to what she wrote, she had that area gated off. The kids were not supposed to get back there. But this kid, which again, reading the story, is a small kid who probably cannot read. Yeah. Did not abide by the sign and went back there. Imagine that. And then apparently stuck his hand in the cage because it's a monkey who doesn't want to touch a monkey. Oh, so the monkey was in the cage. Yes. He was not roaming around. No, not roaming around. He was not part of the haunted house. No. This was in a separate gated off area, according to the pole assassin's tweet here. Um, So do we know if the kid was hurt? uh, Apparently not uh, severely hurt. Just... Minor, you know, treatment for a, a a bite. So, being a vet, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, so, she's definitely one of those people that if she asked me what I did, uh, she sat next to me on a plane. You wouldn't tell her. Yeah, I'd tell her animal control, and she'd probably run off. But um, so, if you have a dog, let's just say a dog, just because people have dogs. It's more normal than a monkey. Yeah. Is. Um, never had a capuchin monkey come into well, me, but th- did we speak to that? This is an emotional support monkey. Well, I was, I was going to get to that. Okay. I was okay. Get to that. So if your dog bites somebody and they're up to date on the rabies vaccine, animal control will pay you a visit. Well, actually say your kids have their friends over. They get bitten by your dog and they go back to their house. They go to the doctor, go to the emergency room. The emergency room doctor finds out what happened. They have to legally report that to Department of State Health Services that somebody got bit by an animal. And then the animal control officer for that municipality comes out to pay you a visit. And um, you have to do everything they say. And if your animal is up to date on the rabies vaccine, typically they'll let you just quarantine at home for 10 days if they're not. A lot of times they'll take possession of the animal and uh, keep them at the shelter for 45 days. And um, I guarantee you this monkey probably is not up to date on his rabies vaccine. Now, someone, I, I think in this, you know, this post that, that, that our friend Keith has shared with us asked that question. And she states, again, Pole Assassin here has stated that this is an emotional support animal and it is up to date on all of its shots. Okay, so so we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's uh, up to date on his rabies vaccine. So he's just got to be um, quarantined for 10 days, which better use a better gate than you did this first time. And then talking about a su- emotional support or therapy animal, God, 
I'll be glad when that goes away because I think a lot of people just abuse it. Yeah, but I don't see how this this is clearly a a monkey for her act. Uh, had nothing to do with emotional support. It was yeah. more financial support. Yeah, let's just so with there should be some sort of qualification if they're a therapy animal, and in dogs there is. I've never seen a therapy cat. Never seen a therapy iguana. This is the first I've heard of a therapy um, monkey. But um, with the dogs, the training that they do is pretty rigorous. And usually the last step for a dog to get certified to be a therapy animal, their owner has to make them sit or lay down or stay. And they have to leave the room, leave the building for like 30 minutes. And that animal cannot move. So that's, I mean, that's where a lot of dogs fail. I mean, you can have really good dogs. They make it 29 minutes, 30 seconds. No, sorry. You didn't make the whole 30 minutes. And um, I, I guarantee you there's not anything for the monkey. And it's like, I mean, this monkey would have had to have failed terribly. Because it's like, okay, there's a kid. Don't bite the kid. Oh, you bit the kid. You can't be a therapy monkey. Well, again, the monkey, let's defend the monkey a little bit. He's used to a completely different environment uh, on a stage with lights and dollar bills being thrown at it. So, Pray smoke, lasers. So in a cage in the backyard with a small kid coming up to it, that's probably a... Uh, that's alarming. Yes. That's, or maybe he's got PTSD from his past life. That could be it as well. And if things weren't bad enough already for UT, I mean, good grief. What do you think that conversation is like with Steve Sarkeesian and his assistant coach, Jeff Banks, and then the athletic director for UT, and then probably some of the wealthier boosters there? What do you think that meeting was like this morning? Well, so I imagine they didn't have to have it this morning because the news story didn't break until, well, I guess it was on. You don't want to get ahead of this. They referenced story? it in the uh, Monday Night Football game last night, so I guess mm. yes, it probably they may have had the conversation this morning. Um, their first thought was probably like, well, "Why are we talking about this?" Yeah, this is a non-issue. This okay, okay, and then you start looking into it. Are they aware that he just left his wife and kids for pole assassin? Yeah, that's a that's a questionable decision at best. Yeah, so I think he was a respected uh, special teams coach, uh, and I think he had been considered for some... Was. Um, you know, head football coach positions, because I think he is a good recruiter. Yeah. Um, Which, how's that conversation going to go when you're in the recruits' um, home? Makes, makes me think that he wasn't making so many home visits, but he was taking those recruits to... To his uh, favorite... Yes. Eating establishment. Establishment where they serve food and some yeah. other things. Hot wings, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the precur that's the warm up. That's the appetizer to the to the main deal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if if I'm a parent and my kid's thinking about going to Austin to play football, I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. Heck no. So my question was, why would Jeff Banks leave Alabama? I guess so he could be more free. Yeah, I don't think that Nick Saban would uh, be happy with said choices, um, but yeah. You wonder if people in Austin, I mean, with all their shirts that say, keep Austin weird, are they going to be proud of this? Oddly proud? This is very weird. That I mean, for sure. out of all the places to have this happen, that's probably the best place for him. Uh, people are going to judge you the least. 
I would think. Yeah, maybe. So, <coughs> yeah, that's that's an unfortunate situation all the way around. So hopefully we've. You can't you can't make this stuff up. No, it was. Um, Truth is stranger than fiction. When he sent over the story and I started reading on it, my you know my jaw was just open and. And it's funny. I have people ask me. Um, different animals that I've been attacked by and whatnot, and uh, <clears throat> I I tried pretty hard not to be attacked, and um, I did have an experience somewhat recently. Uh, I took the kids to Fossil Rim in Glen Rose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe it was the summer last spring, spring break. Yeah, and um, have you been there recently? No. So <clears throat> you're driving around, you're seeing all the animals and whatnot. Stay in your car. They come up to you, you feed them, feed the drafts through your sunroof and whatnot. And um, we're going through all these uh, ostriches. And my youngest daughter, she's in love with the body. She wants to see the body. And we get through all the, the nice, smaller ostrich clan. I don't, I don't know if it's a herd of ostrich. I can't remember. But um, anyway, we get through the, the smaller ones. And then we're beginning to kind of get towards the end of the whole journey. And you see this one big ostrich by himself. And you're thinking, that's got to be the male. The uh, little females, they didn't really mess with you. Male comes over, and he's looking me square in the eye. And it comes over, and I was just going to speed past him. But, of course, my daughter wanted to see the body, which I'm glad I rolled up her window. Because as he got close... I wasn't going to stick my hand out and offer him any feed. And um, I could tell he was about to do something, started ducking his head around. And sure enough, I pulled my head back and put my elbow up, and he, he went after my elbow. Mm. <clears throat> I had a bruise for two or three weeks. And uh, and then I rolled up the window and drove off. But um, I knew that look in his eye because of my training in vet school. And I remember being a first-year student, and they had different projects for us. One was to go take care of this ostrich every morning for a week. And they did an orientation, not with a zookeeper or anybody, but with a third-year vet student. You know, very official. And you walk into this pen. It's plywood that goes up 20, 25 feet in the air. You can't even find a doorknob. There's a hole in the door where you reach your hand in so you can turn the knob. Because I guess they don't want the bird to get a hold of it or something. And they just finished telling me about how this bird can eviscerate me with one swipe of its talons. I mean, their toes are about as big around as your forearm. And um, we get in there. I'm wearing coveralls. and um, They said, don't wear any jewelry. Well, of course, I'm wearing my Aggie ring. And that bird got really interested in my Aggie ring. And its head, if he was standing or she was standing straight up, it would be like 12 feet up off the ground, but then it would swoop all the way down and just about touch the ground. <clears throat> and I realized that bird was looking at my ring. Well, what do I do? The first time it goes from being up 12 feet high, goes down to the ground. I put my hands over my area. <laughs> and uh guess who really goes after it at that point? So I made all sorts of mistakes that day. I was okay, though. Didn't get injured. You survived. Um, still had my Aggie ring. and uh, But nonetheless, yeah, I knew what I was in for at Fossil Room. Okay. So, 
Um, our podcast all about um, Aggie football has morphed into something else because of Halloween, ostriches, Jeff Banks and his girlfriend and her monkey. Um, so now we'll get back to uh, football. To, to some football. Okay. So <laughs> talking about Jimbo Fisher, did you know that he's nine and three? Um, I would say November last year we played a couple games in December thanks to the Rona. But um, he's nine and three in his first three years from we'll just call it Halloween on. And um, Sumlin was five and seven his last three years in November. And uh, do you remember what Jimbo's losses were, those three losses in his first three years? I don't. <clears throat> so one of them was uh, Auburn, which was at Jordan-Hare in 2018, which not really that great of a loss. Um, and then the other two were in 2019. One was to Georgia, who we lost 13-19 to in Athens. And then we lost to the LSU team that won the national championship fifty to seven. So those were our three losses there. Yeah, that was after the year after we beat them in the seven and <coughs> time thriller, and they were regarded as one of the best teams in history that yeah, year. Yeah, they weren't happy. Yeah. Um. So what's your prediction for this November of twenty twenty one? We've got Auburn at home this weekend. Yeah. Ole Miss and Oxford. Prairie View A&M, probably at home, LSU and Baton Rouge. Yes, I think it's a pretty tough stretch. So, as you mentioned, I think the Auburn series, is, since we joined the SEC, has been uh, unpredictable. It always seems like the team that should win does not win. Yeah. Um, I think they're a good team. They're ranked, as we talked about earlier, one spot ahead of us. Um, I Which do like the fact that... They're still favored, I think, by four. Yeah, I think I saw this four. Um, I do like the fact that it is at home because Bo Nix appears to play really well at their home. So when he's away, he turns into a a little bit uh, um, more erratic. So I think we have that going for us. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm hopeful there that the uh, the run game that we have will be able to you know control the ball, and, keep him uh, off the field, keep him off the field, and uh, you know we control the ball and then you know basically control the game and in the fourth quarter kind of wear them down and we we get out of there with the victory the Ole Miss game is a little scarier to me I think they're yeah um, you never know what Lane's gonna do I think their offense we don't do very good with that that style of offense in a mobile um quarterback like that you would think we would because that was Johnny's offense that he ran but we we haven't traditionally done very well, and I you know I think we were lucky last year that we didn't have to play Ole Miss. That that game got um, yeah canceled canceled because of COVID. I remember yeah was it on their side or I don't whatever yeah I think that was a, a benefit to us because that was a game that concerned me that we just don't match up well with with Ole Miss. So I I feel like that one's a bit tougher, especially since it's in Oxford, Prairie View A and M. Obviously, that's a um, it should be a, a no brainer. And then LSU, I mean, that's one of those uh, rivalry games where all bets are off, really. Um, it's also Edward Orgeron's last game. Are they going to be playing for him? I mean, we saw that when it was uh, um, Les Miles' last game. They seemed yeah. to pull together for him yeah, and put together a, a good game. So you got that uh, going for you or against us. So so I think I hear you saying two and two, maybe. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I would lean to is, is more of a two and two. Which Ed Orgeron, um, his last game in Baton Rouge, 
you wonder, are the guys going to be playing hard for him or are they just going to be checked out altogether? I mean, last year, I think a lot of the kids opted out so they could get ready for the NFL draft. It's probably going to happen again, I would think. Uh, Prairie View a and I think we'll win that. <laughs> I think that's a pretty safe bet. Out of Ole Miss and, and Auburn, uh, Ole Miss scares me um, more, uh, partly because it is there in Oxford, which um, I've been to Baton Rouge. I have not been to Auburn or Oxford, Mississippi, but you've been to Oxford, right? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. like it? I mean, it was uh, nice. We we spent a little time in the in the Grove, and you know, it was a nice uh, nice scene. Um, was it nice or was it a bunch of uh, drunk college kids? No, we actually didn't see a bunch of d- drunk college kids. It seemed to be, and again, because of the situation isn't like normal tailgating where you're at your truck and you don't have to prepare. These people have to carry all that stuff oh. in um, to the Grove. You can't just park right there. So it's a little bit more work to you know get there. So they're uh, professional tailgaters. Yeah. And they basically only have what is needed because they have to carry it in and they have to claim their space early so you can't have these yeah. massive tailgates like you see at some of the other schools um so it was nice nice environment um so it was more tame than what i would have thought probably yeah that's interesting um you know the stadium a little underwhelming when you compare it to some of the other sec um schools but it still had a pretty good atmosphere and again unfortunately um that was at the tail end of Summon Days, and uh, they did not play very well, so that was unfortunate. But I think the experience overall was pretty good. So my experience in Baton Rouge, we um, we went, I think it was Johnny Manziel's second year, and because uh, we lost to them his first year. We lost to them in Florida. Those were the only two losses. The first year. His yeah. Heisman year. But um, we went there. It was a pretty cold, rainy game, not unlike today. And um, I'll never forget being at some tailgates. And these were, you know, like corporations that had put it on. And um, I remember talking to some guys who were cooking jambalaya in a pot that's as big as your uh, kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And I was asking them, I'm like, when did y'all begin preparing this? And they're like, yeah, we started about Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, I was like, oh, so just a few days. And they're like, no, of last week. Oh, so wow. this was a week plus ordeal to get ready for, but um, we also were at a different tailgate where there were some students close by, and I don't even think that they made it to the game. We'll just say that they were doing a lot of dancing in the rain, uh, taking legitimate uh, raincoats off so they could dance in the rain. But nonetheless, that was quite the experience. Yeah, quite the experience. Um, I'll say this, I'm probably not going to take a six-year-old or a two-year-old to that kind of environment. Would you take your kids to Oxford? Uh, yeah, I'd have no problem with taking the kids to Oxford. Well, it's good to know. It's probably a pretty good uh, litmus test. So I would say for me, I think we'll win it against Auburn uh, in College Station. I don't like our chances against Ole Miss. I think we'll win against Prairie View, lose against LSU. So I'd say three and one, which will put us at nine and three. Um, speaking of Ole Miss and Auburn, it's funny that we're playing them the next two weeks because they both played each other this past weekend. Did you happen to catch that game? I saw some of it. I didn't get to catch all of it, but yeah. Um, did you see the uh, Matt Corral injury? 
Yeah, and when I when I saw it happen, I, I kind of knew instantly that this wasn't like this wasn't going to keep him out. He was going to be out for a couple plays, and then he was going to be back. And that's exactly First what he happened. Acted like somebody just about cut his leg off, and I thought, oh man, this guy's torn his Achilles or something bad. And then he goes into that little tent, which I guess they have those tents on the field so they can shoot you up with all sorts of injections. But they had him in the tent, and then they had to take him into the locker oh, that's room right. for a bit. That's where I thought, yeah, yeah they carted him. Yeah, that's right. They're shooting him up with something, and then he's and then coming he back. And he comes running out there. He's ready to play. Um, so, yeah, it, it still looked like he was, something was bothering him on his leg. He wasn't quite as mobile as uh, um, he was in previous games. but. Uh, which I've always said since we got to the SEC, I feel like um, Ole Miss is the SEC's Texas Tech. And what I mean by that is they like to play spoiler. Mm-hmm. They love to mess up other people's seasons. I guess watching Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss mess up Alabama's seasons uh, kind of gave me that idea. But um, they don't throw tortillas on the field, thank goodness. But um, So do you feel like that's pretty accurate? Or not so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Would you say it's Mississippi State as the Texas Tech? No, I don't think Mississippi's quite to that to that level. Um, I think Ole Miss is closer, but I think the difference is that you know Ole Miss is somewhat of a legitimate um, you know contender. Um, you know, they're a pretty good team. They have been a pretty good team. So, talking about the Big Twelve, I always said. From the get-go, if we could beat, you know, in one year, if you can beat UT, Texas Tech, and OU, I'd be thrilled. I don't care if you don't win a single game outside of those three, but just beat those three teams. And, I mean, if you want to throw in Nebraska and K-State, that'd be fine. But um, Sherman actually <clears throat> he accomplished that, and Nebraska, uh, our last year in the Big 12. Um, who would you say would be those equivalent? Except for the UT game, right? He lost the last game of UT. Did he? Yeah, that was the last game we played against UT. Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Because mm-hmm. someone <laughs> came in right at the start of the SEC. Yeah. So who would you say would be those equivalent teams in the SEC to, like the UT, Texas Tech, OU? Um, I wrote that question. I, I had a hard time trying to think of it. I'm, well, let me just say this. What are three teams that you think, if we beat those three teams every year, We'll we'll get to do whatever we want. I think it's Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. And LSU. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably that's probably pretty good. What you got? So you're saying, yeah, I, th- I think so. I'd put them at the top. Um, so you're thinking we ought to beat Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas every single year. Um, well, I think. Yes, I think in general we should beat those every year, but I think Ole Miss is kind of that spoiler that, that comes in there, uh, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I just see um, Alabama, uh, Auburn, and LSU being kind of the the top tier in the West. Um, the other ones are obviously very good, but they usually are not consistently good. They're have yeah. a good year and then have a down year sort of thing. So with uh, Auburn and A&M playing this weekend at College Station, <clears throat> were you excited to see that it was the 2.30 p.m. Uh, primetime game for CBS? 
No, because we have a birthday party from two to four to go to. So oh. I won't get to watch it live, and I'll have to try to hide my phone so I don't see what ha- what's happening. Well, you know, I think I think we typically tend to do pretty well if we don't watch right when it's happening, then we watch it later on. <laughs> so maybe that's a good thing. That is true. But the last one I had, my recording cut off, so I oh, didn't get gosh. to see the fourth quarter. So. <clears throat> I'll try to see if I can resolve that. But y'all the, use YouTube TV? It was YouTube TV, and I'm trying. That was the Alabama game. What, what, oh, was it? What station was that on? Uh, CBS. No, it was CBS. It was a what? C- that's right. Yeah, it was a weird CBS night game. And it cut off. It cut off. Oh man! So I haven't had that problem with, with it's on the SEC network, ESPN. So yeah, I'll have to do some investigating, make sure I actually can watch the whole thing. So I'll tell you, my battered Aggie syndrome was um, at an all-time high before the Alabama game. Oh, yeah. Because we just lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State yeah. Pirate. <clears throat> and um, I think you, me, and our other two buddies from A&M who have our uh, text message group, we were all pretty much in agreement that I'm not even watching that game. And my daughter, she uh, was cheering I think she had like an eight o'clock to ten o'clock game that Saturday, so I was at home with a two-year-old, and I thought I'm not even going to watch this game. I'll have it on, but I'm going to organize the um, pantry, the laundry room, and Anything clean laundry. clean the house, do all that sort of stuff. And but, eh, if I hear the crowd getting excited, I might just walk through the living room for a second and look. But I'm not going to get invested in it. And um, so I pretty much stayed true to that. And then within, I think there's about five or six minutes left in the game, I uh, sat down to watch it and um, told my wife, I said, this is like the best of all worlds. we got a clean house, and <laughs> the Aggies won, and I didn't have to spend the whole game stomping around being mad about it. Yeah, so I similar situation that our middle son had a baseball game at, I forget, it was six or, no, I think his, his game was closer to seven. Anyway, so this is perfect. I can just go to that, and I won't even have to think about it. I'll get home. It'll basically be, you know, I can check the score on my phone. It'll be over, and I won't need to. You don't have the emotional investment. I won't have to turn it on. I just know it's it's done. Your, um, your heart doesn't hurt. But It's like a broken heart every week with battered Aggie syndrome. Yeah, and then yeah, during, you know, his baseball game, my dad said something like, hey, you know the score. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know the score. I don't need to know how bad we're losing. And. He mentioned the score, and at that point we were winning, and I thought, huh, this is weird. Yeah. And then we get home, we get the kids to bed, and they get a notification that it's entering the fourth quarter and we're up, and I'm like, well, crap, now I'm going to have to go watch. So at that point I said, So did you watch the whole fourth quarter? No, at that point I thought, well, I don't want to watch the fourth quarter. I want to see the beginning of it. Yeah. And so I started from the beginning. Well, you saw the good stuff then. I First three quarter, but I didn't get to see the end, so I don't. Yeah. I don't have any idea what happened in the end. And of course, because it was on CBS, it doesn't get replayed. Like if it's on ESPN or SEC Network, that's true. Yeah, the SEC Network will yeah know, replay them, so I could you know record it again. But on CBS, they don't do that. So battered Aggie syndrome comes to bite you again. It does. Um, so now we're vested again. We're watching and yeah, yeah. and we're ready started, for disappointment. We've started a podcast about <laughs> it just so we can rope in a whole new group of people and let them know what battered Aggie syndrome is. So talking about Auburn and A&M playing this weekend, um, I definitely think you're right. I think if we stop Bo Nix, that's the key to stopping their offense. Um, 
Have you noticed watching him play, which seems like he's been there for eight years, I know it's just been three or four, Mm -hmm. but if he gets the least amount of pressure, he begins to try to run around his tackle on either the left or the right side, and it doesn't matter if he has to run backwards 40 yards to get around that end, he's going to. And he gets caught a lot of times, and the reason that when you turn on an Auburn game, it's like third and 38. And uh, so I have not noticed that. I don't know why. It's almost like he's allergic to just sliding forward in the pocket towards the center of it, because that would be the shortest path to getting past any of the defenders a lot of times, but he'd rather run around the end. I think it bodes well for our defense, because this is one frustration I have is, you know, our ends are so good that they get up field quick. They get really up the field, but then the whole center of the field is um, open. And it's perfect for someone to just step up and, you know, go get easy yards. Against Bo on passing downs, we we ought to have what we call the NASCAR package, just have four defensive ends in there, just line up right over the tackle and all run as fast as they can around the tackle. And then you're bound to meet up with them. Yeah. And I don't know if this is because um, my wife, she makes fun of me because I uh, – watch people and I notice strange things, but um Bo Nix, he has the longest upper arms. His humerus is so long compared to his forearms. You watch that. I mean the guy I feel like could just be standing there straight and touch his knees. But um whenever he starts doing all his backwards running and flailing around, you watch those arms. I mean his wingspan's probably incredible. Hmm. I'll have to look at that. Not something I've noticed before. And then uh I think we would um be mad at ourselves if we didn't mention about uh, Smoke Monday and uh, Tank Bigsby. Mm-hmm. Smoke Monday, their safety, who's big hitter, and then Tank Bigsby, their running back, um, which, without looking at the notes, can you tell me what their names are, their actual names? No, I don't know what their actual names, because everybody just calls them Smoke, smoke and, tank. and Tank. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, Gary Danielson ain't going to be coming out with a... Um, so for Smoke Monday, it's Quindarius Monday... And I think that D and Darius is capitalized. No apostrophes, though. And then Tank Bigsby is Cartavius Bigsby, which I don't know why, but I always think about Tyrone Biggums mm-hmm. from Ch- Ch- Chappelle Show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be watching that game and being like, oh, Tyrone Biggums did something good. Yeah, We should rename our podcast to the Chappelle Show because we talk about them uh, every week. Every week, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Which, talking about nicknames, um, you've got a few nicknames. Just a few. So Most of them let me it out. Yeah, let me enlighten the uh, listeners. So Brian, uh, I'm not going to say his last name, but um, his nickname in high school was Box, which I want you to explain that here in just a minute. And then in college, I think I was watching Family Guy, and Stewie was messing with Brian the dog. And uh, I got some inspiration. And so the B-Rye and uh, B-Roney, I think those are my two favorites. Okay. Probably Box and B-Roney. I think you're on my phone is Box. Probably. But where did Box come from? So it was high school baseball. Um, one of the guys just started saying it. It's something like, uh, looked like I did everything inside a box. So <laughs> it just stuck. So yeah. here we are. Yeah, which you are very squared away. Mm. You like to do 
everything in a very specific way. Yes. Whether there's that's, a right way to do things. Yes, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Yeah. And uh, so my name being Lee, it's pretty short. People don't typically shorten my name, but um, the first clinic I started working at when I was in high school, uh, one of the people there started calling me Leroy. Yeah. And then uh, and then that would get shortened to Leroy, um, not not the full Lee, but Leroy. Leroy. And uh, was it was it college that that uh, the viral video? Yeah. What was that? Somebody playing. Uh, I forget what game that was, but it was, was it World of Warcraft. Uh, not sure. Where they're all on their headsets. Yeah. And they're coming up with a plan on something. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a team game and then you know, they're having a huddle on what the game plan is and then it, here comes Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> he just comes out balls to the wall and uh Yeah. So then we started calling you that because Did y'all call me that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins. We were calling me Leroy, but well, yeah. maybe I'll call me that behind my back more than I know. Maybe. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, the only other thing I was going to mention is, uh, how great was that, that, uh, UT lost to Baylor? It was great for us, obviously not for Texas, but, uh, yeah, yeah, they're four and four now. Yeah. Four and four. Texas is back folks. Well, they should probably stop saying that because every time they do it, uh, yeah. the next event, <laughs> you know, does not go well. So let me just take you back. So. The game, the Red River rivalry, yeah. say that three times fast, um, was the same day, but at 11 a.m., that we played Bama. Did you remember that? I, don't, I did not remember that that was all the same day. And if you looked at Twitter after the first um, quarter yeah. of the uh, Red River rivalry, mm-hmm. um, I think UT was up 28-7, and uh, it was all... A&M's a bunch of idiots. They gave Jimbo more money and can't even beat the Pirate. Uh, we made the right decision hiring Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, we're going to win the national championship. Uh, so riddance, so long, good riddance, Bama. And um, then by Saturday night at about 10.50, 10.55, uh, UT had lost to OU in heartbreaking fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up beating Bama. That was a pretty good day. Pretty good. <laughs> Which, there's a couple of schools out there that, I'm sorry, I just, I love to root against. I would say UT, OU, and Ohio State are probably my three least favorite schools. I don't like to see them win. I like to see them lose. And I don't think that'll ever get old. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good list. You don't have like USC or Notre Dame or um, those are the ones I was thinking of, but I don't. I yeah. don't really have a, you know, a hatred that strong where where I would say that you don't have a hater list. You don't have the top three hater list. Well, I guess you don't even need to make a list. It's just like a visceral feeling when you turn the game on, and you're like, oh, even though, I mean, when UT and Ohio State played a few years back, I was really conflicted. About who to root against there. Yeah, you just want them to both suck. And... Yeah. yeah. If they could both lose, that would have been great. Yeah. So, anyway, well, um, I guess our next uh, episode we will be talking about, hopefully, 
the win in uh, CSTAT, College Station, mm. against Auburn, or we will be uh, showing you some battered Aggie syndrome uh, 101. Yeah, hopefully it's not, not the latter, but yeah, we'll be prepared. We've had lots of training. Yeah, that's true. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt. Yeah. All right, until next time.